Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 132, The Wives He Forgot, 2006. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode is brought to you by Lifetime Memory Products, Inc. Since 1981, Lifetime Memory Products, Inc. has committed itself to the production of the industry's most technically advanced memory modules, designed from the substrate level on up to meet the most demanding requirements of real-world computing. Their memory is one of the first to offer a lifetime warranty. Shout out Lifetime Memory Products, Inc. Is that where the lifetime in Lifetime Memory Products, Inc. comes from? The lifetime warranty? That's what it seems like. Wow truly special from lifetime memory shout out lifetime memory and welcome to the official kickoff of weepy wacky romance week right here on too fast yes too forever we got a double dose of i would say content marketed toward women generally a lifetime original movie and then on friday we've got a channing tatum rachel mcadams vehicle the vow but joe extracurricular activities what have you been up to with the world continually being on fire and crazy things Uh, happening yeah almost every day what is going on you guys know that like i i don't listen to podcasts right like this is not something that i do unless you're I don't on really them. unless i'm on them there is one that i do enjoy though and it's called song exploder and Which I, think I think we've, we've talked about it. on here before and it's usually like this guy who like interviews people who made a song and he like breaks down like every part of it and all kinds of things so they gave him his own show you mentioned it to me last night that they gave him his own show on netflix so there's four episodes we watched two last night and the cool thing about song exploder for me is that like you don't. You can just pick the songs that you like, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't have to listen to like the whole show. We did the REM "Losing My Religion" one, and that was really, really cool. Um, so if you're fascinated by how songs are made and what lyrics mean, and he gets to interview the bands now because he's like you know more popular and famous and has this Netflix show. Yep. So he like goes and sits down with them and and plays them the demo of it and why did you pick this drum section and like how did you come up with the lyrics and all this cool background stuff about like one specific song and it's very fascinating to me. That was a really fun, cool watch. Nothing of note. My car battery died yesterday. Matt's still here, so he took me to go get a new one, and we replaced the car battery. I forgot. I forgot that yeah. Matt drove up there for work stuff, right? No, he came up just to visit because oh. he hasn't he hasn't been back to see his mom in like since probably Christmas, I think. Wow. Okay. Because he like you know he like planned to come at some point, but then you know everything shut down, so he was like he came up and visited and. And he's been like hanging out, so he came over and hung out with us yesterday. Took me to go get a new car battery, and we replaced the car battery. And I needed a battery terminal too, because one of them was fried. So we replaced that too, and that was what we did. And then we drank beers and hung out. So anything else in the last couple of days? Watched a little bit more. I'll be gone in the dark. Love Island's officially over, so I don't have to like dedicate, you know, an hour a night, six nights a week to that anymore. <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert: you never had to. You never had to dedicate an hour a night, six nights a week. But I appreciate the uh, the dedication to the craft. Yeah, and it's like one of those shows where like I like it most near like the middle where it gets like really messy. At the end, they like vote like who's the best couple, and then the couple wins. They win a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. And they hand them two envelopes, and they go like one has zero, one has a hundred thousand, and the person with the hundred thousand gets to decide if they keep it or split it. They split it, obviously. So every time, I mean, every time that there's only been two American seasons. Rachel and I were talking about this. Like maybe in the UK version, there's been a time where they didn't split it before. But like you vote on the couple that's like the most compatible and like the most seems like the most like lasting. A shitty couple's not going to win to be like fuck the other person, right? 
it kind of like defeats the purpose of this, but they just do it for like a, a surprise at the end if it could happen. When you get near the end, everybody's like, oh my god, we're so in love and stuff. And you're like, no, you guys are faking because you're close to 100,000. And there's like obviously like people that have stayed together like the whole show. So yeah, just nonsense. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. The Yankees swept the Indians two games. That's what I was going to say. Like swept them in two games. Well, like, so yeah. So team? this year they expanded the playoffs. There's eight teams in each league that made the playoffs. And the mm-hmm. first round up and so, oh boy, from like 95 to, I want to say like, say 2015-ish, maybe a couple of years more recent than that. There were four teams in each division. There was the three division winners and the wild card with the best of the other, best of everybody left. And okay. so it was yeah. a round of five in the league division series, then a round of seven in the league championship series, and then whichever team won that would go to the World Series. And then yeah. a couple of years ago, they started doing one a, game second, a second wild card. Yeah, and it was a one-game play-in, so the three yeah. division leaders would still get in there, but the next two best teams would then face off for the fourth spot whatever i like that yeah this year and i think it was i think it was accelerated because of the craziness of COVID. because i just saw a headline for an article that i did not get a chance to read yet i'm going to but it was saying about how they don't know whether these expanded playoffs are going to stick around or not so now it is the two best teams in each division that gets the mixed playoffs and then the two best teams after that so it's eight teams they get seated in the traditional you know like march madness style one to eight seeded bracket but the wrinkle this year is that the higher seed hosts all three games so the Yankees had to mm. go to Cleveland and win two of three in Cleveland because the Yankees are the five seed and the Indians are the four seed. So oh, interesting. They faced, okay. and I was telling you, they faced the best pitcher in baseball, Shane Bieber, and they absolutely obliterated him on Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday night, they had uh, Masahiro Tanaka go for the Yankees, and he has like a, a sub two postseason ERA. Like he's been like dominant and great historically, and he got rocked, but they wound up coming back and they won 10 to 9 in a game that took five Ooh. hours. And ended Ooh. like six hours after it was, after it began because there was like two rain delays early on. So like it was just like this crazy kind of all night affair. They won, which is good. So now they play Tampa starting Monday. So I guess as this episode comes out, they will be one game through the series, and game two is tonight. What's cool? I guess it's cool. This week there's no days off. Like this is they're going. They're all bubbled now. So it's not in New York. It's not in oh. Tampa. So they're all in San Diego. I want to think there's two stadiums uh-huh. in California and there's two in Texas. So the Yankees play the Rays best of five, and the games are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which I think is kind of cool. No matter what, the Yankees will not be playing baseball next weekend. And then the championship series, I think, starts like the following Monday, maybe. And then the World Series, I think, is maybe in Texas. I don't remember. Uh, it's going to be interesting because the Yankees have not been able to beat the Rays this year, really. So um, oh, this is not okay. going to be a great series, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Good luck. You should have some faith because if anything wacky can happen, it's now. Yeah. But yeah, now there's no baseball this weekend, and there's you know college football and then pro football. As long as you know now the Cam Newton has well, COVID, and the Titans have COVID, and <laughs> pro football's up in the air, beginning brother, to the end so. in a lot of different ways. But yeah, we'll see how that it's all shakes be out. Interesting. As of right now, Saturday morning. <laughs> but I think that's pretty much it. Again, all my waking hours have basically been doing podcast stuff or uh, spelunking, which is you know par for the course now. I'm trying to think if there's anything else of note at all. I feel like I've been boring, but it's just, you know, it's literally all Splunky because I'm just trying to beat this goddamn game. I can't wait till you actually beat it. You'll be so excited. Last night I was playing and I got as far as I had gotten before, but not past that. Like there's this kind of like laser grid you have to kind of navigate through and it's not wildly difficult, but I just haven't practiced it because I've, you know, I'm new to the area. And so I died both times I got there, but yeah. 
you know, mm. whatever. And do you have to start from the beginning again? Yes, every time. I thought you said there was like some kind of like wacky like save points or something. Well, there are shortcuts, but like the easiest shortcuts. The, the easiest way to do it, honestly, which sounds weird, is they have to go from the beginning. Because if you go from a shortcut, the beginning of the game kind of ramps you up to get money and items and health and whatever. Uh, so you should do it the long way to just do it. Yes, because exactly, just, it works out better anyway. Yeah. Okay. And I think to Makes beat sense. it the real way, you have to go from the beginning. So. We have an email address here on the show, family at cageclub.me and Joe. We've got two emails today. Okay. First email is what I was referencing to you. I was like, do you know this person? New $5 patron, meet Renato DiDonato. Oh, no, I don't know this person. Interesting. Okay, cool. Well, welcome. So Thank you. I do not think that they have emailed us before. I don't believe, because I looked at my email, and I don't think that this person has emailed us before. If you have, I am so sorry. But it adds to the uh, allure, because Renato is from Australia. Oh, God. <laughs> there we go. You should go hang out with Haley and Jake and the rest of the crew over there i was i was gonna look up like city wise you know what uh where these places are and i don't australia is huge but monstrous yeah yeah. it's unfathomable like you and i live like close right but we're two hours away and it's nothing compared to how big australia is yes but yeah so thank you renato i I wrote out your note that's going to be on the way to you soon but given you know the distance between the two places and the usps and whatever uh you'll get it at some point yeah but you'll get them (laughs) But yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Welcome aboard, man. Thank you. Thank you, Renato. And the second email from an old favorite, subject line, look who's back from the dead, from Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Joey sent me, like, a screenshot saying that Jess was, like, listening. It was, like, from a text. I was like, I don't know who this person is, but I hope they enjoy it or something. And he's like, it's Montez. And I was like, oh, fuck. I like, I just totally forgot her last name and you had her like maiden name. I totally didn't realize it was Montez, but welcome back Montez. So she has been a guest with me. I think we've talked about this. She has been a guest with me on the HTML run of the Fantastic Four movies. Yes. And host of the Zephys. We were talking a lot about Too Fast because, you know, Nico is loving this ride along that he's with us with he and Kevo and Nico Mm -hmm. just keeps talking about it a lot. And I don't remember how it came up, but. Montez was like, I really should be listening to that or whatever. And I was like, yeah, you really should be. She's another one that has, like, new baby. She she has free time in a way that uh, she could listen to the podcast. She just chose not to. That's even better. <laughs> good for her. So uh, I was saying that I, uh, if if one good thing comes out of this Fantastic Four watch along, you know, aside from just watching movies, talk about it with Nico and Kevin and Montez. Yeah. There was, I don't remember how it came up, but I was like, Montez, I want you to watch it. She said, I will. So here's what the email says. Okay. I've crushed 15 episodes this week. I told you, like, she has time. Jesus. Yeah. I've almost made it to 2019. Well, I mean, it gets, you know, the date, the date is indicative, but also like it was monthly Not. and then every two weeks and then every week and then twice a week. So like, it's going to become progressively harder to catch up over time, right? Yeah, she's playing Spelunky. Yeah, she is. She (laughs) says, shout out to Jenny for staying a true fan and still listening and sending you guys emails. She's a true hero. She is. And see, look, and Jess remembers her too. That's super cool. I'm sitting here watching Bloodshot and really hoping you guys do a quick episode on Vin Diesel's new song. Well, it's not an an episode, but uh, we do talk about it. We do. And Rachel actually played it again last night. And we were like, not bad. You know, like we were like listening to it again. We were like, yeah, not bad, man. And we talked to the whole, like, conversation that we had about, like, 
it's cool that he's doing what he wants, but he doesn't seem like he's trying to pivot to be a musician. So. I haven't gotten there yet, but I hope you guys do an episode on The Pacifier. I have zero shame when I love when I say I love that movie. That is a Vin Diesel, him being a babysitter. If you, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, but we didn't really do a Vin lap, did we? We haven't no, done a Vin lap yet, no. Uh, we're going to at some point, but we did the Paul Walker lap, and now we're doing Michelle yeah. Rodriguez, and we have... I don't think... I'm trying to think of the three themes for the next time, and I don't think that we have a specific person no they're yeah, they're true. not they're not people they're something adjacent ish but not quite no vin lap we're definitely for sure going to do a vin lap and now that we're doing you know 30 or whatever pit stops per lap almost certainly get to the pacifier but and hopefully he has an album out by then and we can like call you know chris podcast to come well, no because we we talked about that he's just gonna hate it <laughs> but we'll, we'll get some we'll get somebody if he has an album <laughs> fair enough montez says p.s if you could stop putting out so many freaking episodes i could catch up love montez sorry that one, we can't hold ourselves to. The standard is the standard, as Mike Tomlin would say. This is the standard. This is just what we're doing. This is who we are now. So, yeah. Exactly. And that's all the emails. If you want to send in a note, family at cageclub.me. Renato, if you have talked to us before, uh, I would love Sorry, to be reminded. Yeah. I don't think I know you. I mean, I searched and I, you know, who knows? But uh, we generally have good us. memories, too. Like, one of us would have, like, recognized it, I think. And, like, that's a unique name, so. Yeah. And I did it out of order on purpose. But we also have a Patreon page, TooFast2Forever.com. Mm. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenin, Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber High Party. School Slumber Party. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke Hayden, and Renato DiDonato. Thank you all so much for supporting us the $5 level or above. Like I mentioned, handwritten note and stickers. If you support the $5 tier, if you go to the $10 tier, you can have uh, your pick of one movie per lap one episode per lap you know when we had brian oh spoiler for a thing later in this episode oh sort of i think he's playing with the idea of you know a full lap ride along so we'll see how it goes but yeah too fast to forever.com if you want to support the show get merch get swag get whatever you want to get too fast to forever.com joe on the streets news about the fast and the furious anything of note in the last couple days what's up we posted it we did fast nine got pushed back again man not wildly so like six weeks no yeah but still like that's not positive news it happened because bond got pushed back oh really i i don't know the the complications of behind it so what happened bond got pushed back so bond was supposed to come out i want to say like maybe this summer and then got pushed back to the fall and then it got pushed back to Christmas, and then it got pushed to next year. So I think it got pushed to April. Okay. And I, wa- I think it's a Universal movie. I don't know. Yes, Universal Pictures does distribute James Bond. I think because they pushed that the back, like they have an order, yeah. sort of. And so Universal, because all the studios negotiate with one another, they basically have that weekend, because nobody wants to release a movie the same weekend as Fast 9, or the same weekend as Bond, Bond. or Avengers, yeah. or whatever. So yep, they'll exactly. kind of negotiate and whatever and figure out weekends. So Universal had that weekend, and I guess they want to put out Bond before Fast 9, even though Fast 9 was probably supposed to come out first originally. I don't know. Uh, but they pushed Bond back to that slot, I imagine, and then they pushed Fast 9 back to Memorial Day weekend. And Memorial Day weekend is going to be a big weekend. I mean, well, we, who knows what the fuck it's going to be like then, but hopefully Memorial Day weekend will be have some semblance of normal. It will be like a fun party weekend, and I'm sure people are going to try to do everything that they can that they haven't done for a fucking year. So here's a question for you, without being what? specific so as to keep the surprise alive. Okay. Our lap 8 theme was, in a way, preparation for Fast 9. Fast 9 will not be out now in that lap. Fast 9 will come out the next lap. So we could 
have it all done just ahead of time and just go into lap, what would that be, nine, when Fast 9 will come out, which is perfect. I mean, lap nine, Fast That's, 9. That sounds, course. yeah. Or do we do the themed lap that we were doing the preparation when it comes out? I feel like maybe just keep it as it is and just have all the prep done beforehand. I think we should probably just keep it as it is because we can just be done and then whatever lap nine. Oh, lap nine is agnostic to the entire thing. So yeah, I think maybe keep it the same. I don't know. That works. Yeah, I like it because we're still leading up to it. Would this put it like in the middle or like in the beginning of it or something? Like if we switched it, where does it come in the lap? Oh, it'll probably be toward the beginning, I think. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, so let's finish lap eight like we planned. And then when Fast 9 comes out at the beginning of lap 9, it'll be go time. Yeah, because the lap right now is 9, 10, 11, 22. Yeah, like four to five months. So yeah, this actually the prep will end probably right before the movie comes out. So yeah, that might work. Perfect. Again, That's way prep better. is a very strong term for what it is. It's just yeah, like it's tangentially true. related, kind of. Yeah, it's not It's not actual prep. Insofar yes. as the wives he forgot is like related to <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez, right? Like yeah. it's... It's adjacent, it's content-linked, content, content, content-themed, whatever, but yeah. Yeah. I guess this is maybe good. We can finish the prep ahead of time. The good news, six or seven weeks later, we'll give that much more time for a vaccine, for whatever, for everybody to feel yes. comfortable going back to the theater, which is good. The amount of crazy that is going on in the world right now, I know that people want to make money, which is the entire point of why this is the way this is. But, like, yes. we need something to, like, rally behind. And I'm not saying that that thing would be Fast 9. To a certain group of people, they'd be like, okay, cool, finally, thank you. Even if it's just the two hours, like, you can take my mind off it. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, there's there's something that's got to happen. Something's got to give somewhere, right? Like, it's gonna, we're gonna get there somehow, so. Any other news of note other than that bombshell delay? I feel like there was one other thing, but I can't remember what it was. Jason sent me sent us a thing and I I was scared to read it but and he promised me there was no spoilers in it but I, oh John Cena teases F9 the storyline so John Cena released some storyline stuff and I was like you know what like I appreciate it but I don't want anything spoiled like we already have enough trailers and stuff I'm going to have to watch the next trailer I don't want him to throw the storyline out there and we got confirmation that there's space from two of these goofballs like no thanks I'm yep. Done spoiling it for myself. Steering clear. Yeah, so thank you, Jason. I appreciate it, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. Staying strong, staying strong. I think that's all the news. I mean, that's, again, big news, not a lot of time, but big news, the delay. But yeah, Yeah. the road to F9 got a little bit longer. Joe, the next thing to do is the Ana Lucia Cortez Leticia Ortiz Lost for a Minute episode lockdown. And like you said, it is a John Locke episode. We took a guess that. I mean, his name is in the title. It's a different kind of thing, but it's, you know, it's name. his name is in the episode title. Not spelled the same, but you know. So this one was good. We, you know, we, we picked up where we had that giant cliffhanger that's like a very important part. And I was telling Rachel when we started the episode, you know, you said that this is like a very memorable lost mm-hmm. cliffhanger. She said she agrees. I mean, like, there's, like, some side stories. They're playing poker. They're playing poker like the very for, beginning? yes, for the uh, the medical medical supplies in the... Well, fruits, the and then yeah. Jack comes up. He's really good at poker. He keeps beating Sawyer. He eventually plays him for the medical supplies. And then it comes down to the, like, he's like, why didn't you play me for the guns? And he's like, because when I want them, I'll take them. And yeah. you're like, okay, Jack, thanks. Because when I need cool. the guns... 
I'll get the guns. Yeah. And you're like, wow. We get more Locke backstory, right, about, like, his dad. His dad died, but he's not actually dead. And he wants him to pick up this money for him and to give him part of the money because he stole all this retirement money from these gangsters, apparently. This is how his girlfriend leaves him because he's about to propose, but he's sticking around with his dad, and she's like, you can't keep doing this. And, And he just gets, like, left in between being pulled by both sides, but left by both sides. Well, did you recognize the woman who, he's like a home inspector in this in this time of life. Did you recognize the woman whose home he inspects? No, the woman, and he's like, are you, he's like, your husband will enjoy this or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm single. No, who is it? That's uh, Nadia. That's the woman that Saeed tortured and loved and whatever in Iraq. Oh, no, I totally didn't recognize that. Wow. Good. Sp- okay, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I love these throwback things. I mean, it's, it I doesn't really matter, often. but it's just, again, the interconnectedness of all things, which also is kind of cool in, like, they don't need to cast somebody new. They can just be like, oh, yeah, Nadia. There's a lot of characters, and, like, I'm trying to keep up with the story, right? It's, like, my first watch, and she, like, looks different because she obviously doesn't have a hijab on and yep. stuff like mm-hmm. that, so I didn't catch it, so thanks for pointing yep. it out. Oh, I did like that Kate makes a ruler reference when they are playing poker, She's like, should I go get a ruler, boys? Yeah. And I was like, oh, dick measuring. We say that all the time. Yep. I don't know why it happened. I don't remember. But, like, the hatch starts freaking out. We don't know. And then, like, it starts to, like, lock down. And Locke, like, puts a crowbar under it at the end. And he, like, goes and gets, I think his name's Henry, right? Yep. Henry Gale. Well. Henry Gale. He goes and gets him out of the jail because he's like, come on, Henry. You have to help me open the the door. And he's like, you're just going to put me back in here. Make a deal. You have my word. Locke tries to slide under it and gets his leg pinned under it. Yep. Locke keeps getting his legs hurt on the island. Like The island heals his legs, and yet he still keeps putting his legs in harm's way. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I also made a Lieutenant Dan joke to Rachel during this time because I was like, every time this poor guy like can walk again, they keep trying to take his legs from him. And like the island tried to eat his legs again with the door my supreme theory was and i've said this you know back then and i don't know how it plays because like as the episode went on it kind of devolved as it was like locking down like a black light came on and you see this weird map that i don't know what it is yep but i was thinking because like as it was locking down he's like henry you have to go put the code in and hit the button he's saying the code and i got the numbers wrong and rachel's like how have you not memorized these numbers yet i was like i don't have room for that in my brain right now So he's, like, climbed through the thing, but, like, Henry falls and, like, knocks himself out, and there's no little time left, and then, like, we don't see him do it, but he says he put the numbers in. So, right? Like, no body. We didn't see him do it. Yep. But he says he put the numbers in, the thing opens up, but my theory was always, like, this was a psychological experiment to see how long they would tolerate this, and there's no actual consequences for not putting the number in. Okay. I obviously don't know how that's going to play out, but that was always my, like thing with like the weird like introductory video and stuff like that so i still think that that might be possible the blacklight thing kind of throws a wrench in it with the map but i don't know what that is this is a very short like letty again is in this episode for like what a minute and a half the episode essentially and by the way i have answers to both those things but i don't remember when i'm not gonna say them but like they're those are both things whether the buttons mean something or not and yeah. also what the map is, they you get exactly. answers to both of those. Yeah. Like they're they're at a point now where like they're not just like like the things that the the questions they're ans- asking are 
eventually, I, I think they're all mostly going to get answered. Yeah, it would make sense. You don't put a fucking blacklight map on the wall and be like, oh, we've totally forgot. Like, the polar bear thing, I kind of get now at this point, right? Like, okay, cool. There was a polar bear at some point. Well, the whatever. polar bear comes back. Like, they explain that later, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. But yeah, so the episode starts with, or like toward the beginning, at least, has Anna and Saeed and Charlie still looking for the balloon. They've been like, we're looking for yes. three hours. It's not here. It's not here. He's lying to us. Out of nowhere, kind of, Charlie They stumble like, onto a grave. Charlie finds the grave and also yeah. the balloon. And you're like, oh, shit, he was telling the truth. But then, yeah, exactly. at the end of the episode, when they meet up with Jack and Kate in the woods, and they find this, like, cargo drop of food that the who knows who has been giving, right? They find this big thing of food, and it has, like, a beacon on it, mm-hmm. right? So Jack and Kate are like, what the fuck is this? And then everybody else shows up, and they're like... Yo, like, have you been, like, hiding food from us? Like, that seems like that's their thing. And I'm like, well, dumbasses, they wouldn't have put a beacon on top of it if it, they were hiding it, right? right. Like, like this weird confusion. If I, I was like, Rachel, look, if I was Jack, I'd be like, I'd just point to the fucking beacon on top of it and be like, bro, if I was hiding something, I'd put this thing on top of it. Like, how dumb do you think I am? Like, right. And so they, like, eventually go back to the hatch and, like, Locke's like, yeah, dude, this is my buddy Henry. Like, he helped me out and, and he got me out of the door and saved my life. And, like, see, he just, like, grabs him, right? There and Locke's like, whoa, no, 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 he's good. He helped me, he helped me, he helped me. And then he's like, okay, yeah, we found the balloon. We found the grave. Cool. We dug up the grave because I still didn't believe you. And we found a man in there. We found a man named Henry Gale. And it's like this black man from Minnesota or something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh-oh. And that's where, the, that's where the episode ends. It's like, oh, no. Yes. It was it was very, very suspenseful. And I'm excited to see who the fuck Henry Gale is. Yeah, he shows him the idea of the guy. And it's like, it's clearly not this white guy. That's for sure. So now that uh, you know that he is not Henry Gale, I will say that we've actually, it's a, it's a topic that we've talked about on here a couple times, including hmm. with Nico and Kebo. The name Henry Gale, that's Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. That's Uncle Henry. Like, that's his name, Henry Gale. Oh, okay. So and it plays into, like, The Wizard of Oz because he's lost in, like, a balloon or storm or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's and cool. And so on, a, on an episode, I think, of HTML somewhat recently, Kevo was saying that, like, when he watched Lost for the first time, he knew from the jump that, like, the, this guy's lying, because, like, I know the name Henry Gale and, like, just somebody from, like, a, another land or whatever, right? So, like, I knew that that probably wasn't actually the case. Mm, okay. Yeah, that would have been a terrible spoiler for yourself if you're so smart. They don't drag things out wildly. I mean, you would know that something's no, up. No, no, like, three the, episodes. The show makes you think that something is up, right? Like, it only takes three or four days or whatever, or three or four episodes, yeah. sorry, to like to know, oh, this guy that and we it's found always, is And he's not... always fishy anyway. Yes, exactly. Yes, so, like... so it's not really like a, oh my god, like, can you believe it? Like, yeah, like he was, by this point in the show, you're, you're, you're sort of inclined to believe... Uh, that no one's telling the truth about anything because like everybody's just lying for whatever reason, right? So and everybody's super sus. Like if if you haven't been following this character around forever, like whenever they bring in somebody new, it's like always sus. So yeah, Jack and Sawyer are playing uh, cards. They yes. Jack mentions Thailand. Yes, Thailand is the backbone of like everyone's least favorite episode. Like there is an episode I think in season three maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's just an episode about why Jack went to Thailand and got his tattoos. And, like, everybody's like, oh, this is the... What? No. Like, and even, like, after the fact, Damon Lindelof, who created the show, or, like, who, you know, co-created the show, whatever, show ran the show, was just like, oh, yeah, we shouldn't have done that episode. Like, that was that was not a good episode to do. Um, <laughs> but him, like, referencing, you know, Thailand and referencing whatever, I was just like, oh... Yeah, no, this is the beginning, not the beginning of the end, but like, uh, oh no, this is a bad thing that happens. When he was playing cards and he mentioned Thailand, Rachel goes, did he ask him about his tattoos? And I said, no, he asked him about where he learned to play cards. And now that makes sense yeah. why she would have asked me like what he said. She yeah. missed like the one line. 
online and she was like is this about the tattoos and i was like no why would it be about his tattoos like just awful but you know it's, it's <laughs> you know it's, it's an hour and like it's it's fine it's whatever but like it's this whole like yeah. jack goes to the land of the asians and like like i say that because like that's how they do it right it's just like the mystical yes. powers it's like it's it's uh yeah it's a mess boy yeah that's coming at some I, point. I don't remember the name of the episode but like uh yeah it's not a good one and I, I don't think it's season two, so I don't think we're going to be talking about it on the show, or at least anytime soon, you know what I mean? So Yeah, okay. Boy, yeah, I forgot all about that. Then he asked about Thailand, I was like, oh yeah, that's coming, right? So enjoy that. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's all the things. It seems like Kate is going back and forth between Jack and Sawyer, and he, she's like, I, Obviously, glad, she's so fucking annoying. I'm glad yes. that you beat Sawyer. Like, you know, can I come take a shower? He's like, actually, the shower's broken. He's like, but I wouldn't mind walking you back or whatever. He's like, oh, okay. She's just so useless. I want yeah. her to get taken or something. Like, like, let's get rid of her somehow. Again, don't remember if she dies, how she dies, whatever. But I know she's there for a very long time, if not the entire I'm time. Sh- so she's going nowhere. So just strap in because uh, Kate's here for a while. Maybe, maybe she can have like an amnesiac moment and forget how shitty she is, and then she'll be memoried back into being a person that's not useless and helpless all the time. Uh, no, but... that never happens. <laughs> never <laughs> happens, unfortunately. I'm so I'm so down on her, and like I don't know. If Obviously, everybody will have their favorite characters and stuff. God, I just find her, like, very grating. And, like, we already, like, we we finally killed off Shannon, right? So, like, not that I'm trying to kill off all the women in the show, but, like, how do we devote so much attention to Kate being useless and, like, Letty had no, Michelle Rodriguez has no part in a lot of these episodes and it's like come on man like she's so much more interesting it's it's you know it's just a function of uh male writers not not writing stuff even like rose i want to like i mean i get that we talked about it before like she's like kind of boring because she's like an old lady but like dude get me so much more rose or even claire claire's fine like she's kind of helpless too but it's just like a lot of helpless women well the good thing with rose and bernard is that like the show has not ever made it out to be that they're important they're just they're firmly like background characters second tier whatever like son i fucking love son's story like she's like she's not helpless right she's like has her own garden and stuff like that so like give her more time instead of fucking kate the next episode is called dave and i think this is either a hurley episode possibly or maybe a libby episode or maybe it's oh both i don't remember but yes so the next episode dave, dave. and i remember Remember, I remember who Dave is and how he factors in, but I don't remember kind of the narrative beats. So yeah, interesting episode. We're now firmly in the, like the final like seven or eight, I think, episodes of season two. Like we're it's getting, on a we're nice swing. Two. I'm like firmly in it now. Rachel was asking me that yesterday, and I'm like, yeah, like I'm. It, it's hit a nice stride Good. for me. So yeah, I'm happy. The final thing to talk about before we take a break and talk about the wives he forgot is the Fast and the Furious minute, minute ninety, a minute I called, and again, I, this this is open for interpretation. But like as you'll talk, as we'll talk about in this minute, it's it's kind of a strange minute in what to talk about. I called it alone, because by the end of the episode, or by the end of the minutes, hello, Brian O'Connor is all alone.
So in this minute, Brian sees the helicopter off as Dom and Mia walk away back to Leon's car. Dom angrily shouts at Mia to follow him to the car. Does he say any of these things? I was watching it and like the helicopter noise and stuff like, well, I guess, yeah, wordless. Yeah, there's no like actual dialogue. I, I, I can hear him in my head saying like, Mia, come, come here on. now. Yeah, exactly. Same. But he doesn't say like you don't hear that. Actually. No, no, correct. Mia climbs into the back seat with Letty. As Dom gets in the front, they drive off. Brian is left alone, sad and confused. Then we then cut to Brian driving on a Los Angeles highway for a second or two as the minute ends. So there's no dialogue. I got a little bit more about Mia's clothing. The song that started last minute ends. Another song begins. I'll figure that out next minute. But there's not a lot here for me to actually figure out. So is there anything of note um, that you found? Like I said, I don't know what you're going to find other than maybe, maybe the highway that they're driving on. Because there's a, there's a road marker for tr- Highway 5, but I don't know, you know yes. where they are. So there's a road marker that says, like, Golden State freeway five north is in a quarter mile and then there's also an exit for mission road in a mile and a quarter and i tried to google maps find what road he would be on that would have an exit for you know five and also an exit for mission road and there's like 15 mission roads in los angeles that makes sense so i found one that was like there's a mission road that's kind of near chinatown also close to five and I found that, and I was kind of, like, guessing that there was too much of me having to add stuff to the story to make this work, in the sense that, okay, like, we assume that Johnny Tran's place was walking distance right. from Dom's house, and we assume that he lives in Chinatown, although it's not actually Chinatown, it's, like, Little Saigon, right? And, like, there was too much of extrapolation happening there, but it kind of made sense, kind of didn't, so I couldn't actually find the highway. But I looked, and th- that was my thought process and how I went about it, but... I couldn't find where it is so I just have the what the sign is if somebody in California knows actually where that is please let us know I have not any good actual geography of Los Angeles like but you know it doesn't it looks just looks like like every highway kind of looks this like it could be the exactly it's not the PCH right like it's not it's not yes but it's you know could be any number of different things so freeway highway there's so many of these that run in between each other and and are all three lanes in gray. So, yeah. yes. Is there anything else of note to talk about here? I mean, we're going to get... I think he. I think at the end of the minute, maybe he pulls up to... Is he, where's he pulling up at the end? Do we know? Do you remember? Do you remember? It's at 1327? Yes. So I accidentally watched minute 91. Were you confused? Like, this isn't where we left off. A hundred percent. So I, like, looked at the document, and you had minute 91, and you also had minute 91 again. So I was like, oh, it's minute 91. And I went to minute 91, and I was like, oh, no, it's not minute 91. And then I was like, oh, we were at 89. So I watched minute 91, and yes. And, like, when he pulled up to, like, he pulls up to Toretto's house. And when he did that, I was like, what the fuck did I miss? Like, I thought we were just at the helicopter. Like, does that scene cut that hard? And it doesn't. So he's pulling up to Dom's house. And once I realized that, I, like, went back and redid my brain, too, and was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, because the, the, the way the document, like, I just copy and paste the document so I can set the whole thing. So the bottom minute is yep. always like the minute in advance. Um, yep. So there's nothing okay. really of note. I mean, we'll get, well, there, there'll be more to talk about next minute. I'm sure we're going to get dialogue. And I know the dialogue. I like, I went into the script and like I copy what I imagine might be like a minute's worth of dialogue just based on timing or whatever. Not, 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 not from this minute because there's no dialogue in this minute. It's just, no, just the ambient noise, right? So, exactly. So the only trivia question I could come up with, and I think I this like is, it. it's, it's a little tricky. It's a little trick question, but I think it's fair because anybody who it knows is. this scene would know this. But what does Dom say to Brian immediately after learning he's a cop? Because that covers kind of two minutes. Because he learns last minute, then there's this minute. So I wrote down as quotes, as options. Brian, dot, dot, dot. How could you, dot, dot, dot. You're a cop, 
or the right answer, he doesn't say anything. I really like that. The only thing that I would like to tweak about it is to add or change an answer with Buster. Just like disgusted. I just added it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just like, it's like Buster, Buster and like shakes his head. Oof. But he doesn't say anything. He just like, just like hears it and just like walks away yeah. and calls Mia over. And we'll, we'll figure out how he thinks. Um, I know that the next line of dialogue, I'm pretty sure, is Dom put the gun down. Yes, yeah, that's the scene getting that we're to, getting right? to. So, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So minute 90 alone. Let's take a quick break and let us talk about, with no special guest whatsoever, for sure, definitely not a spoiler that I dropped early in the episode, let's talk about <laughs> the wives he forgot. <laughs> Episode number 132, The Wives He Forgot. Why are you you're adding so much gravitas to this intro? I don't know what's going I'm on. I'm excited about Wait, this. Ep, let me get the sponsor out. This episode is brought to you by Lifetime Memory Products, Inc. Since 1981, Lifetime Memory Products, Inc. has committed itself to the production of the industry's most technically advanced memory modules, Designed from the substrate level on up to meet the most demanding requirements of the real-world computing, their memory is one of the first to offer a lifetime warranty. Shout out Lifetime Memory Products, Inc. Well, shout out to Lifetime Memory Products, Inc. And shout out to, I guess, you for sponsoring this episode. This is, we talked about, this was your one demand. I want a Lifetime movie <laughs> for this lap. Uh, it was between this and another one. You went with the Molly Ringwald one. So we needed to bring in someone who you have oh. recruited to the church of Lifetime movies, who, who is, whose podcast covers the only era in which her films have any kind of merit or stature or anything. Also true. Both in her true. original run and also the return, now that she's playing the mother in other high school movies, we have the Molly Ringwald stan himself, Brian High School Slumber Party Rodriguez. Hello, Brian. Do not diss the queen like that, okay? How dare you? <laughs> Julia Stiles? Well, Julia Stiles is another queen as well, but I've been teasing a High School Slumber Party Hall of Fame. It might happen, but, you know, I'm not going to announce it on this show, that's for sure. But thanks for having me. I, mean, <laughs> I, have, I wow. have a question for you, a quick question for you before yes, we go yes. any further. I wanted to call you something, and I don't know if anybody has. I feel like if anybody has... Mike has. Has anybody called you Mr. High School? Mr. High School? No. No one's called me that. Uh, no, I've never heard that, actually. It All sounds right. kind of derogatory, like I peaked in high school, which is definitely not true. I'm peaking now with oh. High School Slumber Party. It also kind of sounds creepy, like if you're like Mr. High School, you're like... <laughs> is Mr. Slumber Party better? I don't know. No. no, 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 no oh, no. No. I think it's way worse. <laughs> so we Mr. were talking about this gross. movie on Facebook, because this was kind of a last minute. Like, Joe had meant, like, a while ago... When we decided this one, Joe was like, we should get Brian on the episode to talk about it. And like, I, we just forgot. And so like on Monday, like a couple days ago. You even said it on here, I think. Yeah. yeah. A couple days ago, I was just like, hey, Brian, you, and you said yes, you were gracious enough to join us with that. But like, this is not anywhere online, really. Like you have to really dig to find it. Nobody has seen it. And I was like, nope. and, and you were like, I can't, Joe, you were like, I can't believe that. And I'm like, oh, no, I can, because, like, from an outsider's perspective... That was sarcasm. Well, but no, but, like, you said Molly Ringwald. Like, you had a reason, like, people should see this from Molly Ringwald, but, like, they've made this movie probably, as you know, 
I'm sure a dozen or more times in the 14 years since this has come out. They've done remakes of it? No, 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 but I mean like <laughs> this kind of story. Yeah, it's a Lifetime movie. Right, That's the exactly. Whole point, That's what Joey. I'm saying. Welcome aboard. I'm glad Brian's not so surprised by this, but thank you, yes. <laughs> the entire... So... I won't. I won't get ahead <laughs> of it. Whole, I will, the but, whole thing. But at That's the, the whole premise. At the end, the only thing I could think after no the spoilers. final speech that she gives in court, her closing statement, is the end of Billy Madison, where the principal <laughs> says, "Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard." And then he goes on, "I award you no points. May God have mercy on your soul." Like I wanted yes. the judge so badly to say that to Molly Ringwald because it's like. Everything you just said is utter bullshit, and none of it makes sense. And the argument that you want the jury to establish and like to vote on to acquit your client is absolute horseshit. Uh, no, yep. just I I'm going to skip like no guilty. But they're like, yes, this this sounds very good. So yes, you don't even get a jury of peers anymore. I just you're just guilty. Yeah, no, like that was a terrible like. <laughs> okay. So this movie, Brian, or Joe, Joe, would you please explain what this movie is about? Because you could probably succinctly say it because you are more versed in these movies. <laughs> this movie is about a man who rescues possibly a woman, stumbles into Molly Ringwald's office, and she is a lawyer. And, a property and lawyer. A pro- yeah, a pro- that's, yeah, she's a property lawyer. She takes him to the hospital. He doesn't remember who he is. He has no idea on him. So they kind of just like release him to her and then moves into her house. Which is insane thing, like, would never happen, number one. That's like off the rip. I mean, we're talking like a minute and a half into this movie. This is where we're Mm -hmm. going. We learn that, you know, she's like, oh, we're going to take your picture to like put you out there to like see if anybody knows who you are because he he has amnesia now, right? Because he was bonked, obviously. Classic lifetime thing. Classic lifetime. Even to the point where the doctor says he got bonked. (laughs) That doctor is, that doctor is like the least. So bad. So bad. He says. I know it sucks, and they call something else a real bummer. And like this is like a stereotypical movie Indian doctor. Like, he's also not like, played by an Indian person. He's played by like an Armenian guy. I looked that up. So, oh, really? Yeah, that that makes it worse. Oh, <laughs> it makes it so much worse. But on brand, it's very typical. <laughs> when she releases the pictures of him, a woman comes forward and says, "Like you know, this is my husband." And they, I think they already slept together at that yes, point. Yes, yes, they did. Wait, you did know, they? Or, days. It's like, there, yes. A long stretch of this movie is like, we can't. Like, I now that I'm defending well, that's because you, now that I'm now a lawyer. She's his lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, she, she wasn't yeah. a lawyer yet. So but then did. at one point in the future, she's like, it's just one night. Who cares? It's like, well, if that's the mentality, why weren't you banging the entire time? There's many sexual illusion scenes here. Oh, my God. Like the, a lot of my notes are about it. <laughs> so then it turns out that he's a polygamist. <laughs> and another wife shows up, and he doesn't remember either of them, and it is now Molly Ringwald's case to get him free of his polygamy charges. Well, they're bit. Because... Let's, let's be careful. I don't know if I don't. Uh, careful is the wrong word. I don't know if there's a difference, but it's bigamy. This whole movie. Bigamy, sorry. This whole movie right. hinges yes, on sorry. the fact that you that people fucking hate bigamists like yes. this, this is like the worst crime ever. movie is like the worst thing you can do in the world in the is be world married to two women is be married to hands down women. well here's the difference for those of you out there curious polygamy please tell me polygamy the wives know about it in bigamy they do not oh i didn't know that that's a distinguishing factor that's good to know yes okay and of course like Joe, you've taught me well. It does make sense in the lifetime world that this would be like a high crime because they're appealing to a lot of 
housewives and people like yes. that. So this is one of the highest lifetime crimes I could imagine. So, but he's not only accused of bigamy, he's also accused of tax evasion and fraud and like a whole line of charges that at the end, even Molly Ringwald is like, these are all facts. I'm not saying they're not. It's like, <laughs> that's, I'm like at, at, at that moment, I was like, hold on. What are we arguing in court then? If you agree that he's guilty of these, you can't just, like, your defense can't be, but he's a nice guy now, and then, like, that's your defense. She's a very charming woman, and she is the lead in this movie, and her name is Fawn. It's Charlotte St. Cloud, right? What's St. John. St. John. She's going to be the hero. She's arguing against, yes, she's arguing against that he's a bigamist, and then they have the court, there's a lot of court scenes in this. And then we'll get to the the fun surprise ending when we get there. Did anybody like this movie? <sighs> well, that's first loaded, of all, that's a loaded question. I want to say, Joey, you need to you need to let the lifetime into your heart. I could already tell that that you're getting annoyed by by some of the things in this film. But look at the world you live in in the Too Fast Too Forever universe. You're like, oh my god, that's impossible. They would never release someone from the hospital. Yet you live in a world where characters die and come back yes. all the time. <laughs> so here's that's very so here's true. The thing. And this is this is where this is the best place that I feel like I can stand with this movie. Is that okay. as a one off, it is insane and I'm just like, I don't I don't understand how this is a movie. <laughs> it's everything about it. Like Thank literally you. every story, like every beat is just it's ridiculous. Like it's everything like they chose they were like, is it, could it be A or B? It was like, which, which one's less believable? They're like, oh, let's go with that one. Like, the score is comedic, right? Like, the, like literally, like, it's a score set for a comedy. If you didn't speak English, you would think this is like a lighthearted romance movie. Yeah, like, yes. a, like a how to lose how to lose a guy in 10 days. Like, it has like that kind exactly. of whimsy to it. On that note, I think it's a fascinating case study. My exactly, issue that's what is I'm that it you and people like, I mean, even though people who watch these genuinely and then also sarcastically will like willingly watch dozens of these. And I'm like, oh, I could never do that. Like the amount of brain mush that you watch boggles my mind. And then when I watch, like just hearing about it boggles my mind. And then when I watch it myself, I'm just like, oh, this seems like, what I mean, whatever gets you through the world. This, I, I couldn't, I could never do, like I could never do more of these. Like once every, like one every couple of years, I'm cool with. See, see, that's the wrong approach. And I think that's what I'm teaching Brian, like watching more Lifetime movies along with me. The idea that you could only watch one a year is the wrong way to go into it. This is something that you need to go on a full bender on. And the more that you watch them and the more that they're exactly the same and you start getting all the beats of how stupid they are is when it becomes even more enjoyable. Oh no, spoiler alert. That's- I understood what this was and I got all the beats this time. Like, I don't need, I don't need to see dozens of these to get that. Oh, but, but, but you do though. That's the whole <laughs> point. Okay, Brian. Yes. How did you feel about the film? So I really... In- and please refer to it as a film from now on, everyone. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. With a capital F. <laughs> yes. Look, look, I really enjoyed watching this movie, and it was perfect because... Film. I- Sorry, film, film. <laughs> I'm, I'm working from home now. Uh, work's been getting a little intense, you know. Things are ramping up again, whether they should be or not. That's a different discussion. Yes. But totally a film that I could have on in the background and do work to. This is what makes totally the, not miss anything and totally not miss anything and to, like I took maybe like five or six notes. When you overanalyze these things, that's when you get into trouble. When you let it seep <laughs> into your brain and just <laughs> and just absorb what's happening around you, you're al- along for the ride. My biggest measure for these kind of films is like, was it boring? This film was not boring. I was entertained no. 
every moment of it. Perfect. That's what I wanted to hear. Joey, I have I have a thing that I like to tell Brian, like when we started getting into these, that like I feel like the best way and one of the ways that these movies were meant well, to be watched. you watch in the middle. You watch in the middle and then watch through the other. That I, I too, that. as Brian brought up, they're meant to be watched while you're folding laundry where you're only half paying attention to them just from the jump, just like naturally. Like, it's like, you know, you're just doing another house task and the movie's on in the background. You like look up, you're like, oh, they're banging again. Cool, look down. Well, I do feel like the uh, <laughs> the homework that I have done in listening to the two or three or four movies of these kind that you have covered on Brian's show yes. gave me the foundation to be like, wait, this movie begins with a murderous chase through the night to open, right? Yes. Where it's like, There's a car broken down, very Fast and Furious adjacent. It's filmed in a way where I'm like, oh, this woman's going to be the lead of the movie. Like, I know that Molly Ringwald's in it, but, like, we're following her, right? Because she's getting chased, and then she drives away, and we stay in the scene. I'm like, wait, what is, who is this movie about then? Like, because everything, like, every choice they had made is like, this woman, like, she is the one. And then she leaves, and we stay there. I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going on now. And then it becomes that we're caring about the guy who gets bonked and is the main guy. And the movie yes. ends with them getting arrested with no resolution. It's just like, it's a crazy beginning and a crazy ending that don't really fully make sense. And I know that's kind of the point, but it's just like, oh, what happens next? It's like, uh, who cares? Like, we're we're done. Like, we don't know how to end this otherwise. Like, they get arrested. Was she wearing a wire? I don't know. Uh, Did she call the cops? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like, justice was served. Exactly. That's how all of these, and credits queue up. Next movie's already rolling while the credits are there. Exactly. good to go. And this one did a thing that I've seen other ones do where not only was the guy arrested in the end, but she just got, like, money handed to her that she presumably is going to cash so that you could end the movie and say, oh, she's going to be all right. She went through a lot. But she's going to be okay. Yeah, and, and he kind of, like, paid her off. Like, she got her just dues mm-hmm. for, like, the service that she gave him. So in the end, did she really lose? I was no. wondering, so, like, in the end, so this guy, throughout this entire thing, we find out that he's been married to two different women, right? He's been living these two different lives, and neither of them know about each other, and they both find out about each other, and they are furious, and they want to sue him because he's also been doing tax evasion, whatever. Yes. But he has amnesia, he doesn't remember any of it. And he seems like to Molly Ringwald the perfect like he goes down on her in this movie. He cleans her house. <laughs> yeah. He like whatever. Like he is. The, he wears the shirt. He wears, he wears the, the shirt. Woman is the new better man or whatever. New evolved man. New and improved man. And so he is like, and he's man. you know lifetime ripped, and he's just like everything about this guy is like he's the one for her, right? And so you're firmly on her side, but I'm also like, oh, there's there's no way they end up together. Like that would be the weirdest ending to this movie. Like if that was if that's how it ended, I would be like, oh, that's legitimately unexpected. But the entire time you're like, oh, they're they're not gonna get together. There's no way that this is a happy ending for the two of them combined. Yes. We forward, forward, exactly. forward. We find out eventually in the end, after she acquits him, because the jury unanimously is like, yeah, he's a good guy now. He's not guilty. And everybody's just like, totally changed. And he's the perfect new man. He's a clean slate. And he's firmly changed. He's a new man. Go ahead. And so we go back to Molly Ringwald's house, and she enters with the camera, and he's packing up to go to Hawaii, where he spent his second honeymoon. And the way he's describing it, she's like, oh, you remember? He's like... No, no, no! I just read about it. Oh, you caught me! <laughs> I, I haven't been, I've been faking this entire time. I'm surprised that you didn't figure it out. And I'm like, oh! And then he goes outside, and her best friend is the third wife, which is like, okay, like I didn't see that one. Coming. No, no, no! That's not the best friend. No, no, no! Oh, that's, oh, that's the woman being no, no. chased. Yes, the woman that was chased from the beginning that was pregnant is his now girlfriend. So did her best wife. friend just like disappear from the story? 
Not necessarily. She was no, just she there. Was there. Went like a, like a friend's there for you know, just to interact with. I think she might be there in the court scene, like in the audience. You know, she just. I love that best friend. Like you, go girl, kind of best friend. Like you deserve a it man. Was. You know, <laughs> and a pint of chocolate ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> but like, she was I, like He's in disgusting. my brain, they were the it's same deceitful. person, which would have made this. <laughs> Even no, crazier. they were. It would that would have been over the top, Joey. Like, <laughs> let's stay in reality here, okay? But in the end, the woman who was being chased through the park, the pregnant woman being chased through the park, was actually this guy's third wife, and they are going off to spend this money because he had sold his life story, his unbelievable life story for a hundred thousand dollars. Cuts a check to Molly Ringwald for fifty. He's like, "You did all this work. You should get half of it." And then they're driving away. They get arrested. Movie ends. But I'm wondering. You know, there's now a criminal investigation, I'm sure, again. Yeah. That's not money that she can deposit. Like, the movie's like, oh, look, she got her just dessert. The story's sold, bro. The story's <laughs> sold. He cut her that check. That's an agreement that they could have had. That's a verbal contract before he has to pay his taxes back. So she was a business partner. She can keep the money, I think. I'm assuming that she keeps the money for this reason. I think that the story is now more compelling with this ending, right? So I think whoever bought the rights is probably thinking, oh, we got to steal because this movie might go for more money now the way that it ended, that he conned her as well. And which which begs the question, is this movie meta? Are we watching the movie that was made Ooh. from these story rights? They mention that they're watching Lifetime right? movies <laughs> in the movie twice. And also they talk about how the wife saw him on TV. And like That's how like she knew. So like there's a lot of... People watching people. That's I think so. Here's here's why I want to bring Brian in, and I'm wondering, like, is this the first Molly Ringwald movie you've seen, Brian, where she's a not a high schooler, or b not playing not in a high school movie? Because like we talked about now, like in the Kissing Booth, right? She plays the mom. She's now found this second career, kind of in the same kind of movie she was in, but as the next generation, the generation up, right? So like, is this the first time you've seen her? Because I think it is for me. In a movie that's not a high school movie at all, like either way. Joey, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> not only have I seen her in another movie, so have you, because we've talked about it on a podcast that you control on this podcast network. Oh, she was in, she was in that <laughs> Kiana movie, right? Yes, she was in that film Siberia, that random movie. She was in like two scenes. I uh, I didn't even remember. <laughs> yeah, she is on Letterboxd. She's about 18th build. She's his wife, like back in the states, and she's kind of mean to him. She's like. You got to make the money. The only <laughs> thing I remember that about that movie is that Keanu Reeves gets a blowjob in it, and I was just like, "Why is this happening? I don't not from, see this." Ugh, not from ugh. Molly Ringwald. Not from no, Molly from Ringwald. some like some Russian prostitute. I was just like, "What? <laughs> what? Ugh, that's very it was really I, weird." Yeah, or Keanu. I teased. I yeah. mean, it, it could. It's understood that you forgot that film, but because no. if you look at her most popular movies, it's Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, the two Kissing Booth movies, Pretty in Pink, Not Another Teen Movie. Like it's all these movies that are you know the pickup artist. It's all these movies that fit into to your oeuvre if you have a thriving career you're not doing you're not molly ringwald doing lifetime movies right like is it is this well, shit on molly ringwald transition here is this shit this is like a transitionary period yeah. i'm not shooting on molly this ringwald is... no, no 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 yeah you have to have that like other step put it in like lifetime perspective this is at a time when lifetime's not making like mommy fear movies like some of the ones that brian and i have covered that are just like your kids are terrifying, and this is what they're doing. And it's also not a time, like now, where like Lifetime leans into these tropes, that they're just trying to make like really low-budget TV movies for the weekend with like one star. And they, they keep this, right? Because we talk about how Vivica A. Fox is in like a ton of these now. And it's like always someone that like is trying to rejuvenate their career. It usually doesn't work. 
but like I can see Molly Ringwald's in like a she's not in a teen position anymore, but she wasn't old enough to be the mom yet. So like this is kind of her in between situation. Honestly, it's not just like the Molly Ringwalds of the world. Uh, what, what was the one? I forgot which one we saw, but it had like Marsha Gay Harden like fresh off an Oscar. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it definitely did. Like I, I know that it's probably like a hey, this is gonna be fun to shoot. You're only need, you only need like five days. Like we're shooting entirely <laughs> in five days. I think like, I mentioned off air. It seemed like it was all in one take. This film, like yeah, the way the like, lines are delivered. <laughs> there's like the courtroom. There's the house. Yep. There's the park. And there's like the hospital, right? Like it's like that's that's it, and that's that's everywhere, right? And they all could be the same building, like in a place in Toronto or something, right? Like it could just all be like the same, like <laughs> probably like park, yeah, uh, same city block or whatever, right? So like I get why you would do this. It just feels like oh, we got Molly Ring. Like you remember her in Pretty in Pink, but it, it, it's almost like yes, it's like unrecognizable. Like it's it's not like and no. this goes back. This goes not unrecognizable, but like what I mean by that is we are talking about is this meta? Is this the movie that he sold whatever as a joke? But like I wish that if they had done like I don't think it's like that. And I know that's kind of a, a joke question, but like <laughs> if. If they had done something where it was like, if you cast Molly Ringwald because the storyline is about that kind of thing, then I think it's more meta. This is just like a, oh, this is just a neatly wrapped no, up No, this is, thing. they had the script completely done. They asked Molly Ringwald if she wanted to do it. She said, yep. They put her in the movie. And, and like an argument that we always like to make when I visit Brian on High School Summer Party, nobody's going to judge Molly Ringwald for doing this movie, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a lifetime movie. They're just going to be like, well, Because nobody okay. even knows that it exists. Exactly! That's the whole point. So, like, if you were like, hey, take a picture with me for, like, a thousand bucks, you're like, yeah, sure, because, like, nobody's going to fucking see this picture besides you anyways. You're not famous. It's, like, not going to wind up anywhere. So, sure. It's like shooting a commercial in Japan. Like, you know all the celebrities who exactly. shoot a commercial in Japan for the paycheck and they don't care what they're endorsing? It's like Josh Brolin endorsing, like, you know, uh, depends or something. Like it doesn't matter because it's in Japan. It's like this is that's what lifetime movies are like. Exactly. You collect your paycheck, you're there five days, as you said, Joey. You have a good time. You don't even really need to memorize your lines. I'm sure you can make even some up on the fly. It's yep. <laughs> it just about getting it done, putting it on the network, and everyone getting their check. Simple as that. Exactly. What is interesting is that the director of this, Mario Atzapardi, uh, directed some episodes at least of the actually let me see how many of these episodes. He directed two episodes of the RoboCop TV series. That's a fast connection right there, but I know. Other than that, I don't know that there's any... The guy who wrote this movie wrote this movie and then some movie 13 years later, and that's it ever. Are you kidding me? You don't know the fast connection in this film? What is the fast connection in this film? Uh, hello? <laughs> Wait, let me get this right, because I want to be 100% sure about this. Yes, Shannon Sturgis, one of the wives, is in The Fate of the Furious. And she's also in SWAT. Is she really? <sighs> Apparently. <laughs> She's not, so on Letterboxd, she's not credited in Fate of the Furious. Hold on, let me see here. She's best known for SWAT. On IMDb, it says Fate of the Furious. Mrs. Seegerstrom. Do you think, Joe, is she, is she the, is she the one that is having French champagne with, could that be her? French champagne with who? Remember the guy who, who breaks bad in that movie, but you're like, we had the whole conversation about French champagne, about how dumb that is, like how counterintuitive. Is that this woman? It possibly could be. Well, so yeah. she is like 50th or 60th build on <laughs> on IMDb, Mrs. Seegerstrom, so maybe not even. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Seegerstrom is Bruce Gray, who's <laughs> higher build, but he's still like 30th build. And she's miscellaneous crew on The Fate of the Furious. Well, there you she go. Was, oh, I mean... she was an acting coach on Fate of the Furious. That's cool. Oh, so... Acting coach? <laughs> yeah. That, that's where they got all their shots from. <laughs> You you didn't uh, glean that from her performance here. That I mean, she did react well at the end. Both wives, where they're like, "Not guilty." Like, what? 
That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there you go, fast, fast connection. Um, Michelle Rodriguez connection, memory connection with with Robocop. The perfect film. The perfect film. She's also a, an acting coach. Just real quick to put a button on the Shannon Sturgis topic. Uh, she's an acting coach on the heist movie Den of Thieves with Ice Cube's son and Gerard Butler, which is a movie that when we do a heist lap, we are definitely covering because it's a badass. It's kind of like Heat, but modern day. Like it just, it's so oh, cool. cool. Oh, um, so shout, she was an shout out to Shannon Sturgis. Yeah, so she's great. she's been an acting coach in two movies, one of which we've covered a bunch and one of which we will eventually cover. So thank you, Shannon Sturgis, for your contributions to the show. Well, there's two Keanu connections, of course. Molly Ringwald. And then the other one um, is one of your favorite, Joey, Keanu films. Oh, really? Yes. And we covered it on High School Slumber Party. Flying? Dream to believe? I dream of flying? Teenage dream? Absolutely. And do you know who's in this and who's in that? It's not Olivia Diabo. She's not in this movie. I want to get this correct because I don't want to be an idiot for, like, making this up. The mayor in this is, like, the dad in that. Oh, okay. I'm also looking now at (laughs) Ellen Dubin. I don't know who she plays, but she was in Tammy and Tina. I'm sorry. Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex. <laughs> there you go. You, so many connections to this film. See, there it's everywhere. It's it's just like it's the it's actually a giant net that's connecting everything. I understand the sarcasm of that, but I do want to also say that if we went like to any movie that we've ever covered and we went deep enough, they'd be like, oh yeah, they were in the background. It's like 60th build on SWAT is not really a SWAT connection. Maybe, but I don't know. I try to do this every time and this is the film, every time I'm on your show, and this is the film that I've had like the most connections with. There used to be a thing on IMDb that I don't know if they got rid of it or just renamed it and I couldn't find it, but you used to be able to put two names together yeah, you, you could find still do that. Everything that they've been in together. Okay, because I think they, I used to do that all the time for Cage Club. And I think they either renamed it or moved it or something, and I just couldn't find it. I was like, I'm good. I Google search it. It's, it's like, I think it's called collaboration search. So I also have, you could put two movies together and see, you know, who is in, in common. Who is in common. The problem is with your show, there's so many movies. So you'd have to put every single movie mm. in with the other movie you're doing to like. You can't just do like Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah, no. You have to do each one one by one. That makes sense. So, Brian, what did you think of uh, your your queen, Molly Ringwald, in this movie? I mean, there's not much to think. Favorite moments in general? Favorite moments? I mean, we covered a, of the movie. a lot of them. Oh, look, I'm happy she's working. I met her once at a book signing. She was really nice. Her book was really fun. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and like, like right by my hometown. Always been a fan of Molly Ringwald. Let her work. And also... I think there's a misconception that a lot of these actors who are popular as teenagers like just didn't get popular later in life. But a lot of them were just like, wow, I've been working since I was 16. Yeah. I've made some money. I'm just going to you know, do easy things. Not easy things from now on, but kind of, you know? Yeah, if, if something's... just coast. Exactly, exactly. And that's... I'm not putting words in her mouth, but... It's very possible that happened as well. Who knows? And this is a great, like we said, a great coasting movie. But if you want to talk about my favorite scenes, let's see. All right, we already talked about tone. I will say that there's a line that she says to him, you are the perfect stranger. Yes, and I thought of I you that in your sitcom. Uh, and I'm like, where's Balky? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love the random, no pun intended, but the random insertion of these sex scenes. <laughs> just They would just put them in or they would just cut to it after commercial you already mentioned it, but the best one is like the whole like I'm gonna teach you some things about being a man or something like that. She just puts his head down to go down on her. Like yeah. it's just they make this movie like a lot of Lifetime movies like a lady's dream. Oh yeah, it's it's very women empowerment, right? Like, well, it's not even women empowerment. It's not just like, that, it's but I'm like, saying like it's a woman's world. It's a woman's world. That yeah, that's a much and this way man to put wants it, yes. nothing more than to go down on you, which is true of a lot of people. But just like the way that they do it, it's like oh yeah, okay. 
I found a, 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 actually a bunch of like scene Fast Nections in this movie. Ooh. Like things that I thought that I was like, this is very reminiscent of Fast and the Furious. Well, I think thematically, before we get to the scenes, this is in a way like the darkest Dom, Elena, Letty timeline. Like this is like <laughs> if Dom didn't tell them about each other. Yes. And then just like had these exactly. multiple families, right? So, but Dom's not a Dom's not a bigamist. I know. Like I'm trying to think if he would do that. If anything, he's more of a polygamist. I think that's fair to say. Yes. Yeah, we think Luddy knows, that's for sure. But we were just talking, okay, so the sex scene, there's one that I really, really enjoyed. And that's, like, after they're, like, about to win the case, but also she flubs the case right at the end, like Joey was saying. And he's, like, in a towel. And she's, like, it's sexy time or something. She says something really cool. <laughs> like she takes a towel off. And she throws it at the screen, and I was thinking, Joey, that's very reminiscent of Mia changing in the first movie when she throws the shirt at the screen mm. to change the scene. Yep. The company that Gabriel slash, I don't forget his real name is, because they call him Gabriel because he's, he's her angel. <laughs> the company that he works at, did you see? Did you catch what it was called? No. It was called planestrainsetc.com. Oh yeah, I did see that in the background. You know, he's a proponent of selling multiple types of vehicles like we would have in the Fast and the Furious. There's that. I have a couple I have a couple more. Did you find any, Joey? I was not really looking for Fast Nexus because <laughs> I I watched this movie. Like I think you'll be proud of how I watch this movie. I watched this movie over like seven different sittings nice. where I was like, "Oh, I have 8 minutes. Perfect. I'll just watch like seven like I have 8 minutes before my next Perfect. call. Let me watch six and a half minutes of this movie." So I watched it a little Perfect. bit yesterday, a little bit this morning, a little bit during lunch and a little bit after work and I was like, "Yeah, I get it." So I wasn't exactly looking for details because that's not how I watch this movie, but I also Good. felt like you would appreciate that. I did. I, I do. I, that's that was a good way to do it. It breaks it up a little bit, and you were like, "Oh yeah, what was happening?" And they'll tell you exactly what had happened in the previous scene and in the next scene, and then they do the same thing over and over again, and that's how you get through the movie. Yep. Somebody yelled um, "skank" in this movie. I think one of the wives called him a "skank," and I was like, "Is that our most Letty moment?" Of the movie? <laughs> I don't know if this is coming across, but I'm trying to I'm trying to sniff through the through the podcast. I heard it. <laughs> sniff skank. Well, you could, if it doesn't come across, you could just put a, a good sniff in post. I did laugh. I, I think I laughed. I'm laughing in retrospect at the end when it seems like the jury does not deliberate at all. Like in other things where they're like, oh, they're, they've been they've been stalemated for days, right? Like it's like who knows how it's going to go. And then there's like the the irony or whatever of the situation with like the entire OJ courtroom drama, and then they deliberated for what like 45 minutes. Like it was like some crazy little amount of time. Yeah. This feels like 45 minutes. Like it feels like oh they're just like hanging out. Like oh they're done already. Cool. And so they go and the judge is like Foreman, do you have a verdict? And he's like we do, Your Honor. And he says, is it unanimous? He says, it is, Your Honor. He's like, all right, let's hear it. And he reads the entire thing. He gets up to, we find the defendant. And then he starts coughing. And he coughs for like 30 seconds. Like, not exactly. Yes. He coughs for an uncomfortable amount of time. And then he starts yep. from the beginning. And I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> like, it's so dumb and weird. Like, and I get that's oh like, my God. I get. I guess it's a joke. But I wasn't laughing. I mean, I guess I was laughing for that reason. But I was just like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like, why? Other than you're just trying to make them move be a little bit longer like what is happening if you were like reenacting something or telling a story or a joke to your friends at the lunch table in grade school this would have like really hit like i'll trade you it for like uh uh, uh and then, like you stutter for two minutes and then everybody laughs about it and you go along no <laughs> see even then it didn't work i'm all for this disjointed tone when it's something like this it's just 
there was so many moments I laughed. I'm like, wait a minute, this is a really, really, really dark film. But then it, <laughs> yeah. but then it was a fun sex comedy. But then it wasn't. And <laughs> That's it. Gives you a little bit of everything. Just like it, just you know, like a nice tapas or something, right? <laughs> like you go and you just eat just like a little bit of each genre of movie and put them all together. You, you know, Joe, this is this movie didn't have one. Well, I don't want to say that. How can I put it? You know how some Lifetime movies are really... How can I say this without shitting on the genre and no, your tastes? No, 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 no. It's sometimes difficult to describe the tropes that they have. Go ahead. Some Lifetime movies are like to scare you, like to scare women or even to scare kids, usually to scare like moms yes. and stuff. Like, Though on paper, this should be an, oh my god, I'm going to scare you movie, you can never trust anyone. It definitely wasn't that. You know what I mean? Like it was... Joey, like in Lifetime movies, I know you haven't seen as... Certainly not as many as Joe, but even probably as much as me. They do. They have some films where they just hit you over the head with a hammer, like, don't trust men, don't trust men, or don't trust men, you know? And this one, like, yeah. on paper, again, should have been that, but it was almost too whimsical. That goes back to what Joe was saying, like, this is scored like a comedy. Like, it's just everything about the tone is off. Yes. <laughs> the audio really plays a huge oh, God. into it. Did you and notice the lighting how many, how much, and everything. Did you notice how much overdubbing there was of, like, lines? So much ADR. <laughs> so much ADR. Like, you would hear them, and, like, they would keep the, like, because they would only, everything in one take, they would keep the, like, distant sound that, like, this was the live mic that was, like, there at the scene. And then, like, you definitely, like, they misplaced it, or somebody's was covered, or (laughs) something was wrong. And then the other person talks with, like, a mic in a studio that would, like, no background sound. And you could hear the audible difference between the two, like, recordings, like, just patched together. Right there. <laughs> I loved yeah. it, though. I mean, it was fun to see. Also, visually, right? Like, you'd see them in one place in one shot, and then they cut to the next shot, and suddenly their hand would be, like, against the door, and then the next shot, like, they <laughs> <Yeah>. wouldn't be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's the editing floor is just like very loosey goosey, much like the film. It reminds me of podcasting lifetime films. Not to you know be so meta today, but podcasting if you're doing like one a week or twice a week as I've been doing, right? Like you you do what you got to do, you get it in, you put as much time as you can. Once it's out there, it's out there. Once it's on Lifetime, it's out there. <laughs> There's not a big review process for. Our podcast. You don't Kanye it and re-edit the album and then keep re-releasing it like every two weeks for like the next four months. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, like a Marvel movie, right? Like so many people have looked at a Marvel movie before it hits the theaters. How many people do you truly think look at a Lifetime movie before it oh, hits God. TV? Two. Max. Probably. <laughs> like maybe three if the director cares enough to watch well, it. Well, no, but- I would say I think knowing nothing about the process of this i feel like there are probably certain directors and certain like creative teams that the that the network probably trusts implicitly and they're like oh like we don't have to work like they know how to play within the rules because it's like a two-way street right like, it's like i'm sure that it's not difficult to shoot these movies and so you don't want to upset the network by like doing something that's too edgy or whatever right and so you're yes. not going to go outside their comfort zone because you're going to screw yourself over more than you screw them over right because like they and can typically show whatever. you do like 10 of these right? right like you're usually yeah, that's what I'm like saying. so like if you this if is you've your done like four or five or whatever they're like oh yeah we, we like they probably have fewer eyes like i think if you maybe it's your first time making one there's probably a little bit more oversight with the way that joe you have said that like they people there's so many repeat customers across the board like the creative yeah. side and brian how you've detailed like oh this person wrote like what seems to be eight <laughs> lifetime movies in the last three years this year yeah <laughs> this year yeah. like 
I would imagine there's probably like sort of trusted things where they're just like, oh yeah, like we like it's like a fine, it's like a well-oiled machine that I'm sure that there's actual like they're not just putting things on it nobody has seen, but like there's way fewer people. But it also makes me think like you hear about when there's like Little Women and there's like a water bottle. There's Game of Thrones with a water bottle. It's like so many people saw those before they went up and they still, you know what I mean? Like yeah. even if people are watching, it doesn't mean that they're not going to catch things right so ultimately i don't know that it matters because like the other thing is like if something's particularly offensive or egregious it's gonna be forgotten about in the next week anyway right so oh yeah when the new one comes out exactly that's how it works much like podcasting yeah (laughs) true (laughs) very true brian do you have any other notes or any other thoughts or joe do you have any other fast connections the only other thing that i have in my notes that i wanted to cover is that there's an anderson cooper name drop and we're you know we're big fans of anderson cooper over here of course and the new year's eve cnn holiday special nothing really else in my notes um you know we could dive into the minutiae but i know you guys don't do that here when it comes to these kind of films uh, <laughs> well try to do some in your words scholarship and like there's n- like nobody's writing no. about this there's no trivia there's that's no, like, always how there's no works. wikipedia yeah. thing about it like it's just like this is a movie that exists is basically the extent of things the back of the dvd box like brian does is sometimes findable but other than that yeah what was it? There was like one. Oh, the the I did see the IMDb trivia, and it was like they say that they're two hours north of Chicago. That's Wisconsin. No, that's not this movie. And there's no there's no trivia on IMDb for this movie. So that that was from somewhere else. That was it. No, that was this. No, I looked. There's no trivia about this movie. I looked it up today too. It is two hours north of Chicago, and it would be Wisconsin. But Joey, you're right. I'm looking up the trivia. There's nothing unless someone deleted that. No, but I like looked in yesterday. The past, and like I looked two today. hours. There's it's there's nothing there trivia wise. I swear to God, like that, that's the only reason I would ever ever thought about that. Occasionally, if you uh, do like a news search, you can find um, news articles at the time. But this one doesn't seem like it was very publicized. You'll see a lot of scholarship on ones that were based on a true story. Pregnancy Pact, which we haven't done yet, but there's a lot of scholarship on that film. Because well, there can't, this this can't be based on a true story, right? <laughs> no, no, no. As far as I know, you know, I didn't see anything. I don't think so. But like, if it was ripped from the headlines, those are the ones that get the scholarship because inevitably, like someone at some website is writing it, like a BuzzFeed kind oh. of thing. It's not under trivia, it's under goofs. Sorry. How's that a goof? Oh, I, I, I never check goofs. Maybe, maybe, Joe, that should be your new segment, just like the goofs of the <laughs> you movie. Want me like, to do goofs? Don't do any research, like watch the movie, take your notes, but like then just exclusively come in with goofs. Be like, guys, you're never going to believe what goofed in this movie. <laughs> like, I'm sure that there's actually like legitimate, like, for some movies, like gems yes. that are just not, that we're not uncovering. Have yeah, you ever? That's fine. I'm, I'm down. Have you ever checked the Fast and Furious goofs? Because I'm sure there no. are tons. I'll look right now. I mean, save it for your episodes, but. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, I want to look for the, just the first one. Let's see if there's, let's see, if, let's see what the top goof is. Oh, true. Give us a tease. <laughs> when Edwin is looking at Brian's car before the first race, he's heard to say he's got enough NAS in there to blow himself up, period. But he appears to be saying something else. Oh. ADR. That's just, that's the cool. audio video unsynchronized. Hold on. Character error, there's, there's, so there's 10 of those. There's four character errors. There's 41 continuity errors. There's eight crew or equipment visible. 14 factual errors. Four miscellaneous. One incorrectly regarded as goofs. Ugh, seven plot holes. 16 revealing mistakes. And eight spoilers. Ooh, you know what you should do? Wait, spoilers on cars or... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure that IMDb has a subsection called spoilers that is empty for every movie that does not have goofs about spoilers on cars. I, I don't program your show, but maybe you should say the goofs before you do the next movie so people can look out for them. I'm wondering... Oh, do you like, like one ahead? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, yeah, I like that. We could do that. So recently, Nico and Keva were out somewhere and one of them sent uh, a screenshot of like a... Or maybe it was a link online. I remember, I think it was a, DV, a picture of a DVD of like a DMX parody movie of a Fast and Furious, like a knockoff or whatever. That we talked about with Brian, too. Yeah, yeah, and Joe said, we're going to do... He's like, don't worry, we're going to do an entire lap of those. And I was like, no, we're not, because like I would kill myself if we did mm-hmm. like 40 of those movies. But I'm wondering, and I don't want to do this now, but if we did like a comedy lap or something, that's where the goofs fit in. Even though they're not funny, but just the word goof is funny. Okay. So you're saying that one of your benefactors out there should get the top tier on your Patreon. Okay, it's not and even the top tier. The top tier is crazy. Like This is the one tier up from where a bunch of people top. are. Reprogram the entire next lap to disappoint people who've already made their picks just for this parody lap so they could do this. There's like enough of them. There's so many of there them. There are. So I, that's a lap I'm excited about. So if you don't do it, I'm going to be sad. I want you to do Because not all of them are bad. You guys like Torque, right? Oh, no, I love Torque. Like, Torque is great. Joe's not seen Torque, but Torque is amazing. No. I've seen some of the, like, actual parody ones, like Redline or whatever. Torque is a direct parody of The Fast and Furious, but it's also just a well-made movie. And Brian, I don't know if you knew this, but the guy, one of the movies that I picked for you to look through for October for your show detention is made by the guy who made torque oh. and joe you will know because he's the one who made body the rap battle mu- of the movie oh yeah okay, joseph cool, Kahn. Cool. he also directed like eight of taylor swift's like biggest videos of all time or something like that so like wow. he is oh, a very nuts. visual director but yeah he made torque first then detention which is a high school horror movie and then a rap battle movie called bodied which is amazing and he was also in between all that did like a bunch of really cool really memorable music videos that's cool to get this privilege of Picking the lap and programming. How many months do you have to be on that tier? You have to support it for the entire, like, the equivalent of an entire lap, which would be at this point now, like, five months. But you'd have to do that ahead of time? Well, I would imagine, right? Because you're not going to pull the Well, no, but I mean, like, so say, like, right now, we're, we've still got another two, two or three months, three months, three, four, three more full months this lap. So if you start now, and, like, you would be able to drop off, like, with three months to go in the next lap. I'm ending a subscription on OnlyFans soon, so maybe I can swing the money. <laughs> swing the money. Has, has Bella Thorne posted anything of any worthwhile content? I don't pay for the goody content that she supposedly has, but supposedly, no, it's just, you know, I don't know. I don't want to critique it here, but, you know, it's just stuff that she posts on Instagram. It's a little racist. Oh, I forgot also that at the entire theme lap of Pit Stops, you also get a t-shirt, which don't exist yet. But if you join at $25 a month, you get a t-shirt. So that means that Joe and I will also get t-shirts. What cool. what tier do I get to design my own t-shirt? Um, I guess that would be... <laughs> Any tier that's the, for that's you. That's the yeah, Reyes tier because that's... We know you have money. You flaunt your wealth. You own Brazil. Now we're going to steal a mini safe, mini safe from you each month. In this tier, you get an all-encompassing swag bag. So that would be that. Oh, nice. That's a $50 a month tier. So if you have $50 a month, you get to design any Too Fast, Too Forever t-shirt that you want. And get that. I mean, well, or you could just just do that. <laughs> like, if you designed a Too Fast, Too Furious t-shirt, like, perfect. Please. Like, that's easy. Any other thoughts about the wives he forgot? Because, Brian, I don't know if you know this, but the next movie... Actually, you don't know this, because this episode is not out yet. The last episode is not out yet. But this is Weepy Wacky Romance Week. So we're doing Channing Tatum and Rachel McAdams in The Vow on Friday. So we got another one of these Ooh. kind of movies, maybe, coming up soon. But any other thoughts on this movie? For me, no. No, I'm good. Unfortunately... 
There's no trailer. What? We cannot watch a trailer for this. Damn. We can, however, play the letterbox game. Okay. Which I will God. say this is the most insane discrepancy that I will do. Mad Max Fury Road has been seen by <laughs> 644,000 people. One of the most seen movies on Letterbox, most logged, 644,000 people. The Wives He Forgot, 2006, directed by Mario Philip Azzopardi, starring Molly Ringwald, Mark Humphrey, and Shannon Sturgis. Actually, here... Ooh, okay, I'm going to read this summary. I'm going to see what the summary says. Okay, go for it. Into the small law offices of Unlucky in Love, Charlotte St. John stumbles a handsome stranger, bloodied and battered, suffering amnesia. The good Samaritan she cares for him, nurses him to health, and falls hard for this mysterious angel. He reciprocates, and good love finally finds Charlotte, but not for long, for their brief love affair hits the rocks when his identity is uncovered. Together, they learn to their heartbreaking disappointment that he's already married, dot, 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 twice. Mm. That's right, he's an amnesiac who forgot he was a bigamist. Though initially (laughs) crushed that her perfect hero is just another perfect schmuck, Charlotte soon agrees to defend him against the bigamy charges, arguing that his injury has wiped out his former personality. In mounting her defense, she investigates his past, dot dot dot, and discovers that his vengeful wives may have uncovered his dirty bigamous secret months before and secretly plotted his violent downfall. So we can just, you can fast forward to the last ten minutes of the movie, read that, and then you're done. You, you have, all yeah. that's left is the verdict. Yes. It lays it all out there for you. 644,000 people have seen Mad Max Fury Road. How many people have seen this movie? 27. Brian, you want to guess? I'm going to give it a little bit more credit. I'm going to say... Well, you'd seven... be wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you say, it's wrong. You're going in the wrong direction. Okay. 24. Oh, it's close. close. That was a good first guess, though. I was off by three. I don't think I've ever been off by three. Well, I mean, think about it. That's like a 15% swing. Like, in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, nobody has this in their top four because, of course, they don't. But uh, how many that. of those 24 people liked it? Like, clicked the little heart when they logged this. I'm going to say 12. I'm going to go three. Two. Ugh. Letterbox is full of snobs, Brian. It's not people like I us. always they forget can't that. They enjoy the finer things. I always forget that. I was looking for people because there's actually someone. So Joe and I run a film club, and the most recent yes. review is that someone watched this movie for a film club and are thinking about revoking their membership to said film club. And I was like, this has to be us, right? Like, there's no way that it's not. Yes. Like, what other film club in the world, in any sense of the word, is has picking the wives film. he forgot? This month. And was it? I have no idea. But is that the person we're going to do the top four of? No, no I, I could look. Uh, there is somebody named Jerry Seinfeld, at Jerry Seinfeld, but not Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, <laughs> Over the Hedge, Cats and Dogs, Joan Rivers Special, and then Shrek. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll, okay. we'll do Caleb Caldwell. I will see here. He gave it half a star. Oh, yeah, we could do no, this. No, give it somebody that rated it good. Those are all impossible. I looked at so many of these people. Okay. I mean, by so many of these people, there's only like okay, 12 fine. of them, right? But like... Fine. Caleb Caldwell, four favorite movies. His top four movies, Brian, his number two is a movie that you and Kyle, it's one of your favorite shared movies, a movie you've talked about, but not a movie with PSH, another movie you've talked about for a different podcast. A movie? One of your favorite movies, the two of you combined. Oh, I don't know. And Joe, another movie, it's a movie that you love too. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. From 1998. 1998? Is it like Ferris Bueller? No, 98. 98 movies. I don't know. What? Was, oh, let, me, let me think, let me think. The lead has a major cage connection. 98 was a good year. That's why I'm trying to think. Brick? No, that's way too early. 
for Brick. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of movies that Brian and it's, Kyle. It's like a movie Brian that was covered to. on your podcast, Brian, on High School Slumber. Okay, Party. on my yeah. my podcast. That's so. It's a high school movie. Yeah. What was was a high school movie? I listened to this episode en route to JFK. Maybe so. I'm trying to think. <laughs> okay, in that case, two years ago. Two years ago, maybe. Kyle was on the episode. Mm-hmm. He loves. This, you guys love this movie. The both of us love this movie high school movie that came out when i was in like sixth grade i guess I, before this i was gonna say rush hour but i definitely didn't cover that on my, or or God, the godzilla from 1998 but those are the only two movies from 1998 that are coming up in my mind brian here's one more hint you recorded this in kyle's high school bedroom oh rushmore yeah rushmore okay oh rushmore. great movie i do yes. love this movie fuck that's a great i'm a place oriented yeah. person you know i, I am visual yeah, so, so was i that's why i said jfk that didn't help you guys <laughs> fair fair i get it okay rushmore is one of my favorites good call yep number one is a movie from 1996 that has since been adapted into a tv series these are four big movies since been adapted into a tv series from 1996 that is now in its fourth season wow so it's still active tv series is it a comedy the or fourth drama? season literally just started comedy or drama a little bit of both dramedy i would say it's a dark comedy but it's more oh god fargo yeah, fargo fargo, fargo yeah fargo yes. yep mm-hmm. there you go good job I, I didn't even know that a year i just thought oh what's a like a dramedy that's on the air so there you go yeah okay the number three movie is the eighth movie from one of our favorite directors. And I say eighth for a reason. The eighth movie? Because it is a hint. When you say our, you mean the two of you? Uh, for sure me and Joe, but I think also you probably. The eighth movie. And the eighth is a hint. And the eighth is a hint. Um, is it like Hateful Eight? Yep. There you go. Okay. And the fourth and final movie is a movie that, Joe, you have not seen, that okay. would fit into this lap's themes that Nico okay. and Kevo and I talked about on this podcast, and I have said that I do not want to do it with you because I don't think you're going to enjoy it. I just, I'm saving you the two and a half hours, but it is maybe my favorite movie. One of my favorite movies for sure. It's a blue Valentine. No, we've talked about that already. Um, not blue Valentine. The other one, um, the David Fincher one, David Fincher question mark. (laughs) Who am I talking about? I'm, I use weird name connections to get this stuff in my head. Well, you got David, right? Um, and his last name kind of sounds like Fincher. What is it? David Fisher? Nope. David nope. You, Finch, you, 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 Finchner? No, you, you got, you're, 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 <laughs> you're focusing on the wrong part of the name. It kind of rhymes with it, sort of. David Finch? It rhymes with that. David Err? David Lynch. Yep. David Lynch. David Lynch. David Lynch. <laughs> yep. Okay, now, Brian, help me out here. A memory David lost Lynch. movie that David Lynch directed. That we've talked about on this podcast a couple times this lap. And you're not doing it? No, because I don't think, I think Joe would hate it. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, try to find someone to endorse. Wait, 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 wait. Memory loss, What's memory loss, memory loss, memory loss. From 2003. 2003. Oh, is this Naomi 2003? Oh, oh, okay, Mulholland Drive. I just didn't know the year. Yeah, 2001. Sorry, 2001. Sorry, 2001. But yes. Gotcha. Okay. I thought it was Mulholland earlier than that because I remember like. Yeah, so yeah. this guy who hates this movie, but is also apparently in our film club. Fargo, Rushmore, Hateful Eight, and Mulholland drive he doesn't have good taste in film that's oh why. he's so deep <laughs> yeah i mean like sorry i we usually don't make fun of the, well that's the, i mean people, that's the but, thing it's like it's like oh a coen brothers movie a wes anderson movie a tarantino movie and a david lynch movie like you're really digging deep for these gems like they're all like they're movies yeah, that I, and I, like you're, i love all four you're of gonna them, leave our like, film club because yeah. we didn't show you something <laughs> that you were impressed by like come on man but brian thank you so much for joining us this episode please so this episode comes out tuesday which means that you will have dropped an episode. You are firm, we are firmly in October now, so it is now also firmly horror season. Ooh. But I don't know. I don't think you're leading off the month necessarily with all horror. But like, what you got going on over there on High School Slumber Party? So yes, our first film. 
of the horror milieu this well not horror the spooky october we'll call it is the monster squad there's only two high schoolers in the film but every year i let my two friends dan and odom pick the movie and i was like why the hell not it's a shit show of an episode not gonna lie um they just had a baby (laughs) they don't talk to a lot of people anymore it was a cathartic for them I guess is a good way to say it. In their normal episodes, it's already almost not listenable. Like, they're already, like, a lot to handle. So this is uh, this is going to be intense. Everyone loved the Scream episode, okay? Like, we have fun on those episodes. But this one was like, <laughs> oh, my God. You guys need to... <laughs> Zoom someone. someone. No, and they'll admit it, too. Like, you know, it was very much, like, social. It was very social for them. I'll leave it at that. But we're, we're doing a lot okay. of good movies. I haven't programmed everything yet, but you, you guys know Mike Manzi? Have you heard of him? Who? Who? <laughs> the Mike's term himself, Mr. Third Chime. Mr. Third Chime. That's actually funny. Nico, Nico, I replied to some tweet that Nico had, and, like, Mike replied to it, and then I replied back to Mike, and he was like, you guys know each other? And I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, of course we know each other. <laughs> like, like, how is that surprise? He's like, I, well, I thought you would have. I'm like, yeah, definitely. It's funny how, like, a lot of people who have shows on the network really focus on their shows on the network and don't really, you know, know what's going on elsewhere. It's a common thing. We, we are, we're all guilty of it here or there, obviously. For sure. I agree. You know, so yep. that it happens. I'm definitely with you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, let's not say we're all guilty of it. No, not you, Joey's not you, Joey. Not. Joey's the only one who's definitely not guilty You're of it. You're the least guilty of it. I mean, I... I dabble, I yeah. dabble. I like to uh, be connected in the universe, but I get it. Not everyone has time. Mike Manzi, the Mikester, Mr. Host of Third Times a Charm. Him and I are doing a collab. I believe his episode comes out first, though. I'm covering, though, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. The Nightmare on Elm Street. A Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't remember what the hey, exact title hey, is. Hey, okay. So I'm sure you've heard of it, Freddy Krueger, the original. Yeah. First time I've really seen it, honestly. So we talk about that with him and Dan Cologne, and on his... We talk about the third film, Dream Warriors, which is really fun. It has, like, Harry Potter in it. It has, like, this really cool girl. <laughs> Definitely check it out. It doesn't really have Harry Potter, but the dude looks like Harry Potter. <laughs> is Dream Warriors, is it two or three? Because one of those is a very, very gay, like, it's a whole gay No, two allegory. is the gay one. I haven't seen it two yet. Two is the gay one. Okay. Three is actually really good. Because two is good, too. Like, two is campy and good, but they, those are good. those are good movies. Yeah, I've awesome. found that that's a good series. I've only seen the first one, so I'll check out two and three this this uh, fall, because Rachel and I like to do some spooky time movies, too. And Joey, you and I are going to cover one. Um, I have a couple guests lined up. Uh, we might get an appearance from a, a popular vampire franchise, and Kate Hudson, the great Kate Hudson, might be my mm-hmm. guest on that. You might see that in October. That's kind of spooky. Do you have two more of those or three more of those? Two more, two more. This year. And then the whole thing is being done again with Joe, too, if you're still going to agree to do Twilight Forever I, again. I 100% agree to it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not backing out. If you'll have me, I'm coming. We're also going to cover the faculty this month. It's going to be a really fun month on High School Slumber Party. I also want to pitch, or not pitch, what do you call it, promote uh, Foodie Films. Foodie Films man himself had me this or previous Wednesday, I guess. Yeah. Today, when we're recording, I was his guest with my wife. Nicole was actually on the episode. I saw that. I couldn't believe that she had... Uh, you convinced made, her? Made her... Convinced is this her? her full, full first podcast, full appearance? I mean, she was on in the background of your live episode. This is her first full appearance. Is that true? It's it's 100% true. It's not that I convinced her. She's not allowed on my show because my show is my kingdom, you know? But if... Oh. It's Kyle's show, so I let her, you know, I let her have a little fun. <laughs> I let her get out of her system. She's literally looking at me with nasty eyes to the left of me right now. Yeah, you're getting daggers. I keep saying I'm that sure. I want to be on Hocus Pocus. No. <laughs> but he won't let me, and he's going to lose a couple of nipples. Stop. I, I only have two. 
No, no, in all seriousness, we have a blast. It was great having her on. We talk food, we talk films, we talk A Hundred Foot Journey, uh, which is a cute little movie that anyone should check out if they have a heart. I don't, so thank you for <laughs> clearing that off my slate. I would say a heart and an appreciation for both Indian and French cuisine. Ooh, that, that I can get behind, though. I think I saw that trailer a dozen times, because the indie theater I was going to a lot at that point, it showed before everything, and so I don't know if I know what the movie's about, but I feel like I do, because I've seen the trailer so many times <laughs> that's fair that's fair again this could kind of appeal to everyone right but it's also like very specifically maybe for like either people like kyle or just like 55 year old women yeah i mean that's pretty fair to say i mean i like it nicole likes it but it's a uh, it's from the director of chocolat so that should kind of tell you i covered chocolat with with the foodie family <laughs> foodie f- film man himself Myself, so yeah. Yeah, okay, so there you go. We've covered two of these guys' films collectively uh, between people on this podcast. Nice. Joey, you need to go on for another one from this guy, but Kyle's saving you for a good one, I think, so I can't wait for that. So we're recording the week this comes out, which I'm guessing means is going to release next week. I'm making Kyle, kind of against his wishes, watch the French cannibalism movie Raw. Oh, it's a great movie, though. That's such a good movie. I watched it. You recommended that to me, and I really enjoyed it. I'm glad. Yeah, it's great. It's, it rules. Alrighty. So, yeah, that's what's happening on High School Slumber Party. And everywhere else, apparently. Synergy Crossovers baby. all over the place. <laughs> yes. Crossovers all over the place, yes. Yeah. Next movie, the next movie we talked about, I want to make sure it's clear once again, we are talking about The Vow, but not the Nexium doc. We are talking about the Channing Tatum, <laughs> Rachel McAdams movie, The Vow. We, are, wa- we yes. are watching that. We are talking about that. Weepy, wacky romance week continues. But for all things... Too Fast Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash too fast too forever, or at too fast too forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Come back on Friday for The Vow. Check out Brian's podcast, Podcasts. Uh, yesterday would have been the release of Happiness, the Philip Seymour Hoffman movie Happiness Ooh. over on PS I Love Hoffman, so go check out that. The Foodie Films podcast, third time, you know, you know these podcasts by now. If you're still listening, if you listen through the outro credits, you know these other podcasts. You might even be listening, yeah. or you've decided never listening to them. In which case, <laughs> I'm sorry for wasting your time. But I hope you enjoyed having Brian on because he's not going anywhere. No, he's not going anywhere. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And I'm Brian Rodriguez. Brian Rod- okay. <laughs> and we'll tell Perfect. you all about it when we see you again. <laughs>